following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. We're glad that you are here today. Like Ryan said, if you're a guest, uh, again, welcome. Welcome to Coastal. Man, I am. I'm excited about uh, next Sunday, Christmas Eve. As Ryan said, 5.30, 7 o'clock. Uh, most importantly, importantly, be thinking about who you're going to invite and bring. Uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun. It's uh, a kind of a family service in the sense that uh, a lot of our kids will be in the building. We will have nursery, uh, I think up until three-year-olds over in the other building. There's going to be s'mores, uh, fire pits stations set up outside. Uh, Santa's going to come at the end of the service and got some giveaways. And uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun. Uh, most importantly, we're going to be worshiping Jesus and lifting him up. And uh, so don't miss that and uh, invite and bring a friend with you. I, I want you to listen to the lyrics of a song um, that I'm sure you've heard this time of the year. It's uh, Andy Williams' classic Christmas song. Just listen to the words. He's, he wrote, it's the most wonderful time of the year with kids jingle belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Then he has this little phrase, it's the hap, happiest season of all. Um, you've probably heard that many times already, uh, 102.5, you know, it's the Christmas radio station during this time of year. You've, uh, you know, driven through the lights out at James Island County Park. Uh, but here's the reality for an awful lot of people. Nothing could be further from the truth. You know, for a lot of people, this time of the year is not happy. Uh, it's not wonderful. Um, it's a very dark, difficult, depressing, discouraging Season. In fact, for a lot of people from Thanksgiving until New Year's, the pain and the struggle of their life is real. And it, and it honestly seems to intensify during this time. And some of you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. For, this, for you, this past year uh, has not been an easy one. Some of you have lost jobs, uh, there's been cancer, illness, separation, divorce, problems with kids miscarriages. Some of you have lost a loved one, a spouse, a parent, a grandparent, a brother or a sister or a dear friend. Uh, there's been heartache and disaster and great disappointment. And sometimes you get the feeling, you know, what's, what's next? And it's enough to get anybody discouraged. Would you agree that Discouragement is a, a very universal disease. I mean, it is everybody. I don't care who you are, you know, what your level of maturity is in the faith. Everybody gets discouragement from time to time. It's also highly, highly contagious. I mean, you get around really discouraged people, what happens? You, you get discouraged. But I also believe it's, it's curable, that we can do something about it. You know, I've discovered that, that what you focus on in this life determines to a large degree your level of happiness. And in a way, that's what this series has been all about. It's about changing our focus. You know, reminding all of us each week of something that we have to be grateful for. We've talked about being grateful for your family, uh, being grateful for your church. And, and so if you're discouraged today, man, I got some good news for you. I got some good news for you to focus on. I've got something for you to remember, something for you to get... Um, uh, to be grateful for when you get discouraged. In fact, that's what I want to talk about today, the good news. That's what it is, the, the good news of your salvation. I want to remind all of us today um, to be grateful for your great salvation. 
To do that, I want us to look at uh, just the beginning of a letter written by the Apostle Peter to a group of very, very discouraged believers. In fact, uh, if anything, that's an understatement. I mean, if there was ever a group of Christians who had reason to be discouraged, it was this, it was this group. You see, Christians at this time were being fed to lions. They were being burned at the stake. Historically, Nero had burned Rome in 64 AD and basically blamed Christians. So they were being tortured. They were being imprisoned. They were being thrown into the Colosseum and torn apart by wild animals. So what in the world is he going to say? How in the world is he ever going to encourage them? What does he tell them to focus on? Well, he turns their attention to the greatest gift to all believers, our salvation. And he says that, that there are at least three things about your salvation that as a believer, you should never ever forget. Three things to remember when you are discouraged, when you feel down in the dumps. And, and that's what I want us to focus on today. Three very simple truths about our salvation, and yet they're very profound. And then just like we've been doing all week in this series, um, I want to give you something very practical to do at the end to express your gratitude, to express your thanks. So number one, I am grateful for my salvation because God has chosen me to be a part of his family. God's chosen you. Look at 1 Peter 1 one and two. It says, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people. God the Father chose you long ago, and the Spirit has made you holy. Circle those words there, chosen and chose. What's he saying? He is saying, listen to this, your salvation is not an accident. God chose you. You know, you're not an accident. You know, long before, you know, I mean, God knows everything about you. He took the initiative. He reached out to you. Your salvation is not a fluke. It was God's idea from the very start. And, and to bring, uh, to, to me, that brings up several questions. The first one is this, you know, so why in the world would God do that? You know, why would he choose you? Why would he choose me to be a part of his family? Now, the answer is this, not, not because of anything that I've done or you've done. It's because of who he is because of his love, because of his grace. And the more you understand grace, the more you're gonna be amazed by it. God chose you. Did you deserve that? Not a chance. You know, do you deserve to go to heaven? Absolutely not. You know, do you, you know, are you good enough to be in God's family? No, but he chose you. And that's good news. Now, the other question is, well, on what basis did he choose you? Verse three, all honor to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. For it is by his boundless mercy that God has given us the privilege of being born again. Circle that phrase there on your outline, boundless mercy. You see, your salvation is based on God's mercy, not your performance. You can't earn it. God said this, I want you. I want you in my family. That's the creator of the universe. Man, that blows me away. You know, if that doesn't encourage you today, when you get discouraged, I don't know what will. Notice he says this. God has given us the privilege, 
of being born again. Being born again. You know what that means? That means you get a fresh start. You get a new beginning. Raise your hand um, if you enjoy playing golf. Ever played golf, you enjoy playing golf. Not if you're good at it, but you know, you've played it and it's not that bad of a game. I remember the very first time I ever played golf on a real golf course. Okay, not putt-putt, you know, not, not anything, not Myrtle Beach or anything like that, uh, but a real golf course here in Charleston. It was like a nice golf course, and somebody invited me to go. I think they thought, well, pastors, you know, they play golf. He didn't know me, but um, it was awful. I mean, it was a terrible experience. Literally, I am hitting homes. You know, I'm killing small animals. I actually hit somebody. I'm injuring other people. It was a terrible experience, except... I added a brand new word to my vocabulary. One of the greatest words in the history of words. I mean, after just another terrible, terrible shot, my more than patient friend said, that's okay, Pastor Chris, just take a mulligan. A mulligan? I'm like, a a, a mulligan, what's that? You know, Irish whiskey, you know, like a mulligan, you know, that'll help, you know. Um, No, no, he said, a mulligan, it's a do-over. That shot doesn't count. You just take another shot. I mean, the heavens opened up, you know, the angels started singing, and I became mulligan boy. I mean, like, I mean, it was so awesome. Listen, don't you see, God gives you that option. You know what it's called? It's called being born again. It is a brand new start. It is a clean slate. Listen, I'm not talking about a new leaf. You know, that's what we talk a lot about in the new year. You know, start a new leaf. No, in Jesus, listen, you get a new life. A new life. You know, can you remember um, in elementary school getting into a bragging match about your daddy? It's probably like a guy thing, but, you know, it always started off comparing what your daddy did. You know, well, my daddy does this. Oh, yeah, well, my daddy does this. And then it always digressed into what your daddy can do. You know, real impressive stuff to an eight-year-old, like how much he can lift or how much he can eat or how loud he can belt, you know, stuff like that. And then finally, the, the, the debate always digressed into whose daddy could what? Beat up whose daddy. Okay, I mean, that's just, that's, that's a normal guy thing on, on every schoolyard. And it was all done without fighting. Unless, of course, somebody in desperation, because they were losing this little debate, brought up two holy, sacred, off-limit off words. And they usually just came out of left field, you know, like at the very end. Well, my daddy can do this. Oh, yeah, well, my daddy can do this. Oh, yeah, well, well, your mama Okay, so, and, and you know, if you're a guy, you didn't talk about your mama. That was off limits. You know, she was holy ground. Now, it's funny in my mind how little things have changed. You know, we, we're still walking around kind of puffing out our chest, you know, trying to impress people with who we are and what we can do and where we live and what we do for a living and the things we own and the cars we drive and the homes we live in. But listen, 
as a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to understand something. That's ridiculous. That's silly. You are a child of the king. You are royalty. You are deeply loved. We might as well be a bunch of eight-year-olds out on the schoolyard. Think about it. You know, if somebody starts bragging and, and puffing their chest out about their business or what they do or where they live, you can honestly look them in the eye and go, oh yeah, well my daddy has offices in every city on the planet. He, In fact, he owns that airplane. He owns the sky above it, the earth below it. He owns Apple, AT&T, Amazon, and Google. He owns them all, and I'm a child of his. I'm royalty. I'm a child of the king. Some of you today, you are just barely hanging on by a thread. You are deeply hurting. And you've forgotten who you are. And that's what Peter was trying to say to this group of very discourage believers who are going through an awful lot. And some of you this week, you're facing a tough week. Maybe at home, maybe at work, maybe it's a relational problem that's got to be confronted and dealt with. Listen, you're not here by accident today. You're not. And just as God chose you before you were even born, he brought you here today. And he wants to say to you today, he wants you to know that no matter what, no matter what happens, he will always love you. Nothing can stop him from loving you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what happens in 2018, God chose you. And that's something to be grateful for. Number two, I'm grateful for my salvation because it shows that God is still working in my life. God's working in my life. Not only did God choose you to be a part of his family, but he says, you know what? God's working in your life. Even when you're going through problems, even when you don't feel it, even when it seems to you God's a million miles away and you're all alone. And listen, with what these early believers were, were going through, they needed to be reminded of that. They needed to hear that. And you know what? So do you today. Verse two, and the Holy Spirit has been at work in your hearts, cleansing you with the blood of Jesus and making you to please him. He says the Holy Spirit does two things there inside of you. He cleanses you. He changes you. The Holy Spirit is basically the world's greatest interior decorator. He is, he is working on you from the inside out all the time, even when you don't feel it. Look at the rest of verse two. May God richly bless you uh, uh, and, and grant you increasing freedom from all anxiety and fear. You know, there, there's two benefits there from, from God working in your life. First of all, he says, you are richly blessed. Now, what's a blessing? A blessing is when God gives you something that you need instead of what you deserve. Another word for that is grace. We sang about that today. And he says, you'll, you'll have increasing freedom from anxiety and fear. What's that mean? What's, what's he talking about there? He's talking about peace. You know, as your pastor, one of the deepest desires of my heart is that you would understand the grace of God and you would experience the peace of God. And you say, yeah, but, you know, you don't know the problems I'm going through right now. And you're right, I don't but God does. Listen to part of this verse from the message. He writes, 
No one is missing, not one forgotten. God the Father has his eye on each of you. See, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And he sees you. You. And he cares about you. And I know the pushback is, yeah, but again, Pastor Chris, what about these storms that I'm going through right now? What about all these problems I'm facing in my life? I mean, how in the world can you say that God is working in my life? Look at verse 7. These trials, now remember, remember what they were going through. These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it's strong and pure. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus is revealed to the whole world. Yeah, we're going to go through problems, but God has a purpose behind them. And it's to refine and test our faith. And the result is we're going to be rewarded for all eternity. And that reward is going to last forever. And the problems, the trials, the storms that you're facing, listen, they are only short. They are, they are temporary. You know, even if the problem that you're going through is one that you have had your entire life, that is nothing compared to all eternity. How do they refine gold? He says it here, they heat it up. They put it under intense pressure, intense heat. And as that gold gets hotter and hotter, the impurities rise to the top, and they just skim them off. And he says, your faith is, is worth more than that. It's, way, it's, it's far more precious than gold. So let me ask you, are, are you feeling the heat these days? You feeling the pressure? You know what? That means God's working in your life. He's testing your faith. And that's something to be grateful for. That he's there, He is present, He is working in your life, even when you don't feel it. Number three, I'm grateful for my salvation because God has secured my future. He secured my future. Verse four, and God has, listen to these words, reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Peter says, listen, God's given you this priceless gift. How long is eternal? It's forever. How much is eternity worth? He says it's priceless. You can't put a price tag on it. And then Peter's got some even better news. Once you have it, once you truly have it, nobody can take it away from you. In fact, he wants you to get that point so much so that he says it over and over in this verse. Let's, let's mark this verse up. Go back. He says, God has reserved, underline that word there, reserved for his children, the priceless gift of eternal life. Listen, that is one reservation that can never be canceled. And then it says there, he has kept it, kept it in heaven. Circle the word kept. He says it is pure and undefiled. Underline, star those words, pure and undefiled. That means it, it'll never spoil beyond the reach of change and decay. In other words, its value never changes, it never goes bad. In fact, it increases in value. Anybody here ever bought a car in the last year or two? You bought a new car, you know, what happens to that car the moment you drive that thing off the lot? What happens? It decreases in value. 
You buy a computer today, you buy some technology, you know, it's under the tree. Listen, it is obsolete yesterday, right? Why? Because of change. But Peter is saying something very powerful here, very significant to those believers and to you and me today. And he's saying it over and over again. He's saying, get the message. It is valuable. It it, it doesn't change. You can't lose it once you get it. That's security. And And if you think that you can lose something that God has chosen to give you, you don't understand grace. Titus 3.5 says, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Listen, if I were saved on the basis of my work, obviously, if I stop working, then I lose my salvation. If I am saved on the basis of what I do, then obviously when I stop doing, then I lose my salvation. But you are saved on the basis of what Jesus Christ did, and he did it all on the cross. What did he say? It is finished, and it can't be undone. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, listen to this. It is by what? What does he say? It is by, say it. What does it say? It is by grace you are saved and not that of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that nobody could boast about it. Can you imagine if you could work your way into heaven? Man, everybody would be bragging, which by the way is why It's so sad and pitiful when we start judging one another based on how good or bad we think they are or not when our salvation is not based on that in the first place. You don't get to heaven based on your work. So once you accept Jesus Christ by by faith as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't lose your salvation by your mistakes. You know, there's some people in this room today, I, I bet the reason why you keep putting off Giving your life to Jesus is a misunderstanding right here. You keep thinking that, you know, if I, if I make that commitment, you know, if I make that decision, what if I can't keep it? What if I can't keep the commitment? What if I become a believer and then I mess up? What do you mean if? You know, you will. You know, you're worried you're going to go out and you're going to blow it and you're going to have to, you know, crawl in some gutter somewhere and say, oh God, I'm so sorry that I let you down. And God says, you don't let me down. You weren't holding me up. God holds you up. That's grace. Jesus said in John 10, 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one, no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Paul said in Romans 8, 38 and 39, and I am convinced, listen to this, that what? Nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. And then he lists a whole bunch of things. Death can't, life can't, the angels can't, demons can't, our fears for today, your fear, your worry about tomorrow, even the powers of hell cannot keep God's love away from you. Whether you are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Listen, that is security. That is something to encourage you when you get discouraged and it is something to be grateful for. 
Verse 5, and God in his mighty power, he is the one who will protect you until you receive the salvation, until it is completed, because you simply trust in him. Circle that phrase, in his mighty power. Your salvation is not based on your power, your performance. It is based on the power of God, on God's performance. God in his mighty power will protect you. You might lose your job. You might lose your home. You might lose your health. But one thing you can never lose is the love of God and your salvation. Verse six, listen to this. So be truly glad. Rejoice. Be grateful. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. Don't worry. Relax. Rejoice. Be glad. Sure, you're going through some tough times right now here on earth, but in light of eternity, in light of all that you've been given, in light of what you're going to see one day in heaven for the testing of your faith, it puts all that we go through in perspective. He says, don't don't lose that. You know, maybe you're going through some hard times right now, some difficult storms. Don't you see? No matter what you're facing right now as a believer, man, we still got so much to be grateful for. God has chosen you to be a part of his family. God is always, he is still working in your life when you can't see it. And God has secured your salvation, your eternity forever. And I love how Peter concludes this section here in verse 12. Listen to this. I love this. He says, do you realize how fortunate you are? Do you realize how blessed you are? Listen to this. Angels would have given anything to be in on this. Man, isn't that awesome? In other words, man, again, you realize what you've got. Even the angels of heaven are jealous of your salvation. So how do we, how do we practically express our gratitude for that? Man, there's a, a million ways we, we ought to be doing that with our very lives every day. You know, saying it sharing that with others. But I want want to give you one very practical, I would call this a starting place. And it's very simple, right? You're gonna be shocked that I'm even talking about it today. It's this, you ready? Get baptized. Get baptized. After all, that's what baptism is. Baptism is an, an outward way for you and me to give thanks for our salvation. Colossians 2.12, it says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. In other words, just like Jesus was buried in the tomb and rose again because you put your faith in him and you're now showing that in baptism, you too will be raised from the dead. That's what he's describing. He's using our physical baptism in water to picture the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and our new life. 30 years ago, Janet and I were married. 
And the two of us exchanged wedding rings as a symbol of the vows that we made to each other on our wedding day. And so this ring that I'm wearing, it is very, very special to me. It means a lot. But this ring is not my marriage. You know, when maybe Janet's away, you know, seeing relatives or something, and we're apart, um, you know, I don't snuggle up to this ring. <laughs> you know, it doesn't do anything for me. In fact, I could take the ring off, you know, and I'm still married to Janet. Let me ask you a question, though. What would you think about a man or a woman who took off their wedding ring anytime they went out of town, anytime they went out to dinner, anytime they were away from their spouse? What does God think of a believer who is unwilling to be associated with him in the most public and simple way? You see, I'm proud of my association with with Janet. I am grateful for her. Man, I'm not going to hide that. I want you to know about it. You know, I want everybody to know, man, she said yes. And I'm hers and she's mine and, and she is some kind of wonderful. Don't you see? I feel that way about God. Do you? Because baptism is a test of our gratitude. Jesus was baptized, and he commanded his followers to do the same. Matthew 28, we call this the Great Commission. This is why we exist. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. 1 John 2.3 says this, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. You hear that? We know that we have come to truly know him if, he does what he t- if we do what he tells us to do. And once you say yes to Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you and I forfeit the right to say no to whatever he tells us to do. And baptism is simply one of those things. So let me ask you. You say you have given your life to Jesus. You say you are grateful for your salvation, that he chose you, that he works in your life, that he has secured your eternity. Well, have you been baptized? And by the way, I'm not asking, well, if when you were a baby, did somebody baptize you? You see, I think that was somebody else expressing their gratitude. That wasn't you. 
I'm asking, since you personally have given your life to Jesus, have you gone public with your faith? And have you expressed your gratitude through baptism? If not, what are you waiting on? You know, one of our goals in 2018 is to see 100 people get baptized. Why not begin the new year? You know, the very first Sunday of 2018, January 7th, by expressing your gratitude for your salvation and get baptized. On the back of your Connect card, everybody take out your Connect card for me. On the very back, last little box there on my next step today. It says this, I would like to be baptized on Sunday, January 7th in the, you know, 9.30 service, 11.15 service. Check that box. We will sign you up to get baptized. Listen, baptism doesn't make you saved. It just shows that you are. And it's a, it's a public way of us expressing our gratitude. Again, you say you're thankful. Well, have you done what Jesus did and what he asked you to do? You know, one of the cool things about the new year here at Coastal is that we realize if we're gonna baptize 100 people here, we gotta, you know, mix up a little bit how we do things. You know, we have several scheduled baptisms throughout the year. We have a big beach baptism, usually two, you know, over the summer and a couple of big events. Uh, Well, we've actually purchased um, a brand new baptistry Um, that's a little more accessible, that's going to be out and be able to be used each and every Sunday. And so, sure, on the 7th, if you're ready to get baptized, if you're going to do it then, the first Sunday of the year, sign up and get baptized. But then throughout the year, when people are ready to get baptized, they don't have to wait until the next time we schedule it. They can do it the next Sunday, the next service. And we're ready. Because we believe that, you know, God is moving here, he's doing things, and we want to help people take next steps. So I want to close today by by praying for you and praying for our church and praying for those of you who are ready to go public with your faith. And by the way, if, you're, you, know, if you want to get baptized but you're not ready to go public in front of the whole church because you know, maybe that's a little, uh, you got some phobias or some fears, listen, we'll baptize you in front of your family. We'll do it anytime, anyplace when you're ready. But maybe today, you know, you've, you've come to Coastal and you've heard about just how wonderful and great Salvation really is. You know, you, you can take a mulligan today. Not for what you did last night. Not for what you did last year. But your entire life. The, the, the slate can be wiped clean. You can get not a new leaf, a new life. You can be forgiven. God, listen, you're not here by accident today. God has been drawing you not just to coastal, but to himself. And he's ready for you to come home. And it's only one step of faith that you take toward him, that you admit who you are. You you confess who Jesus is. And you ask him to come into your life to save you of your sins. And when you do that, he comes in. He adopts you into his forever family and nothing can take you out of his hand. You're not gonna get a better offer than that. You know, stop thinking that you've got to clean yourself up, that you've got to be a better person. Listen, that's religion. And religion will do nothing except for get you cuts in the line to hell. That's it. But God wants a relationship with you. 
and it's through faith in Christ. And you can have that today. Maybe you've just been a discouraged believer for a time and you have forgotten just how great you really have it. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. I thank you for these words that Peter wrote to a group of very discouraged believers. And I believe it's a word that we needed to hear today. God, our salvation is so, so great. And we forget so often what we truly do have. And I pray today for the believers here among us who maybe have been a little discouraged and have forgotten what we really have. I pray today that they have been strengthened and encouraged. And Father, I also pray for those who are ready to take that that next step and truly express their gratitude for their salvation and get baptized just to show the world that, you know, I'm not ashamed. God has chosen me and I choose him. And Jesus is my Savior and my Lord and I'm ready to... uh, ready to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and get baptized and Father today I also I believe week in and week out you draw people to yourself here and somebody has come here today and they have heard just how how much you love them they've heard how awesome it is to truly be a part of your family and not that you know it doesn't mean that we're not going to face storms or difficulties but even in those there's a purpose for them And they're ready to come home. They're ready to begin that that personal love relationship with you through Jesus. Listen, if that's you, if you're ready for that, just pour out your heart to God right here and right now. Just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I do love you. Thank you for loving me even when I was unlovable. I want to come home. I believe. I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe that you love me so much that you willingly sacrificed him, that he went to a cross to pay for my sin. I put him on that cross. But death and sin could not contain him. He rose from the dead and he is alive. And I don't understand all of that right now, but I believe it. And I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone, not in me, not in my goodness, but in Jesus and what he did and what he accomplished. And I believe it. I put my trust in him and him alone. And and now God, for the rest of my days, I just want to become more and more like you see me today. Brand new, forgiven, slate white clean and and adopted into your forever family. I just want to follow Jesus. Thank you, thank you for my salvation. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.